all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Well, last week on Relatively Speaking, we talked about Saul Levine's four B's of life, belonging, believing, being, and benevolence. These four B's are perhaps a capacity of humans to be compassionate, inspiring, benevolent, loving, but our darker tendencies too, aggression, hate, and violence. Well, today we'll be talking about benevolence. That is just a fancy word for good intentions for living beings. It might be giving money or things, or it might just be kindness. But how benevolent are we really? Is all benevolence good? Good morning, and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And it's great to be here this morning. So last week, um, if you listened, and if not, you can listen to the podcast, we talked about um, Dr. Sullivan's four B's of life at the beginning, being, belonging, believing, and benevolence. And we spent a lot of time on belonging and how important that can be in your sense of well-being. Well, He says these four B's are the capacity of humans to be compassionate, inspiring, benevolent, loving, and then maybe our darker tendencies like aggression, hate, violence. We see plenty of that nowadays, right? So today, um, Jay and I, good morning, Jay. Good morning. Thanks for being with me. Absolutely. How are you? I am doing well. Excellent. Very well. But today we're talking about benevolence. We wanted to go over that. And and just to remind everybody, I know you know what benevolence means. It's just a fancy word for having good intentions for others, for living people, or maybe animals. Um, It might be giving money or things. It might be kind acts or just being kind. But... um, my question to you, listeners, is how benevolent are we really? And then the other question is, is all benevolence good? Um, now, mm. what do you think, Jay? 
Do you think all benevolence is good? That's a question I really hadn't thought about a lot mm-hmm. until you brought that up this morning. But immediately I understood what you meant. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, as we as we try to think through this. Um, or I understood the caution that question poses. Yeah. Kindness. Okay. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Are, so there might be some hate groups. Do you need to be benevolent to them? Um, I mentioned Proud Boys um, yeah. just because they've been in the media lately, and that's one of those things. Do you do you need to feel benevolence? Do you need to feel kindness there? Do you need to be giving? Um, so I, I think we just have to make ourselves think through what that is. The uh, Along the same lines, although benevolence and charity are not exactly the same thing, um, is all charity good? Are we always doing the right thing by giving to someone? Um, I'd, I'd really love to hear from our listeners as we're moving along because I think some of these are just – Almost rhetorical questions, but some are really questions that some of some of us may have different opinions about. Right now, I want to ask you. Sure. What is it about so giving? Do we really give Mm -hmm. to help others, or do we give to make ourselves feel better? Do we give to make ourselves look better? Certainly, a lot of people do that. Not calling anybody out, but that certainly happens. Yeah, a lot of people make. Uh, a lot of people do giving to make social media posts. Yeah, yeah. Look how awesome I am. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. Look, yeah. how, look how cool I am. Look at all this money. Look at me help the people. Yeah, and my name is on this. I'm a man about, a man about the people yeah. and the town. Yeah. Mm. It is. Is that still? Does that make it bad? I don't know. Maybe giving not. Giving is still good. Giving, I think giving can be very good if you're giving for the right reasons. If you truly are giving to a cause that you believe in, that you want to promote, you want to have the ability to make sure that whatever that is continues. Even if your name is attached to it, I think it can be good. Um, there is a lot of evidence, by the way, um, psychological studies that have been done that that truly point out that giving makes people feel good. Yeah. It gives you a better sense of well-being. Um, and true benevolence, that true feeling of kindness – is also one of those things that releases endorphins is is good for you, good for your health. Hmm. It's just there. So is there a way can you can you differentiate benevolence and giving or is that practically the same thing? Or does, does benevolence have more to it? Is there more emotion? Are there more levels? Yeah, I, to but, benevolence than just giving per right, se. Right. I think that it also includes that feeling of kindness. Yeah. Not necessarily empathy, but kindness and acceptance and perhaps even love in some situations. So um, a, a little bit deeper than what we're talking about so it's as like far almost, as a charitable It includes giving. also how it connects back to you. Right. To some certain extent. Right. Hmm. So we have an early caller, and I want to go on to the phones. Let's go to Charlotte in Cleveland. Hi, Charlotte. Hello. Um, I'd like to make a comment that um, for charities, uh, I think that people should thoroughly investigate before 
being benevolent to some charities. For instance, there are several agencies that uh, claim to help veterans, and they make it seem that the VA does not take care of veterans, and they help build homes for veterans or help them get medical equipment. But if a person, uh, one of those organizations has actually come under scrutiny for having very little of the money going for the veterans and then, uh, ex- quote, executives with them who take lavish vacations and have uh, very expensive office buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are a couple of charities that claim to provide food for children at school when our public schools already provide breakfast and lunch for children, and those have executives who are living the big life on charity money. So I just I think it's a good thing for people to thoroughly investigate before donating. Right. Charlotte, really good point early on in this conversation. As we were talking about, part of benevolence can be giving giving to charities, but it really is important to know what you're giving to and and how they're using their money. And and there is a website that I don't have on the top of my head, but I'll get that for you. Um uh, where you can go and look at the administrative cost, um, the administrative dollars that come out of your charitable giving to the different charitable organizations. And and you really want to look at that and make sure, because if it's truly an, a well-run, um, honed-in charitable organization that's trying to do a good job, the administrative cost really should be less than 10%. It should not be 50%. And nobody should be earning huge salaries. It is reasonable to earn a, a good salary. But to, to be earning huge salaries or, like Charlotte said, going on lavish vacations, obviously that's just wrong. And that's not where we want our money to go if we're donating to something. So, Charlotte, thanks for yeah. that. Thanks for that call. Thank you. So, um I'm going to throw out a few questions that that I saw in in an online questionnaire uh, by Marty Nemco. He's a psychologist who who publishes in Psychology Today some sometimes, and he said, you know, nobody's perfect, um, but it can't hurt to look at ourselves. And pat ourselves on the back if we're doing well, but maybe relook at ourselves if we're not doing so well. So um, let me throw out some of those questions and see what y'all think about these. Um, you do the fair or kind thing when no one will know whether you did it. Do you do that always? Sometimes, rarely. Um, that's what Jay was mentioning as we were talking about earlier. Or is it always something that you do because you're going to get a secondary gain from it? Um, here's here's an, another question um, that you might want to think about. Typically, how many hours a week do you spend volunteering to help someone or a small group that's less well off? Or whether you're volunteering for a group or not, how many times um, do you just stop and help someone? Is it 
more than 15 hours or less than five. Um, How kind are you to your family or friends or relatives? For example, doing favors, doing activities that, that they want to do or something where you're jumping in to help them actively. Or maybe just actively listening. How how often do you really give them that that time? Um, how do you feel about that? Do you do it often or not very often? So those are the kinds of things that we want to think about as we're moving through. We're talking about benevolence. What does that mean? Let me throw out a couple of things. Benevolence toward yourself helps to fulfill some needs. Um, It gives you rewards. It helps with attachments to others. It makes you feel worthwhile, okay? Benevolence toward others sometimes reduces quarrels, builds trust, gives you good strategy for dealing with others. And then within nations, obviously, We know what that does. Um, If we were more benevolent, we would have so much less strife in our world. So, all right. As promised, we'll go back to the phones. We have Craig in Biloxi, who has a comment on ill will. Hi, Craig. Yes, uh, you know, I, let me start. There's, in Buddhism, there's uh, five hindrances for uh, self Awareness and mm-hmm. and um, inner peace, mm-hmm. and uh, the second one is against ill will. And other religions also have things about being ill will. And uh, if you have negative feelings, you're going to have negative health consequences. And if you have positive feelings, you will have uh, positive health outcomes. Right. Right, yeah. Um, Buddhism has has long uh, looked at that benevolence type um, factor, um, our characteristic as as so important, and and staying away from ill will. And and like I said at the beginning of the show, there really is data out there. There there actually are plenty of data out there that that show um, the, the health benefits. Actually, it wasn't very well studied until, oh gosh, um, the 2000s uh, when people really started looking at how, how good is being kind. Um, but thank you for that, Craig, because I, I think that there, there is a lot that we can learn from from. Um, just keeping that ill will in mind and how bad that is for us. It is, it is a constant battle, too, to uh, to not go to the dark side, so to speak, uh, because of because of all the input, negative input we have from the jungle outside. So. I think you're right. I mean, sometimes. Um, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, do we really want to be benevolent to groups that are doing bad things? And and my thought is no, but to have ill will, that's another point. So that's two wrongs not making a right, right? Yeah, exactly. 
So I think we have to be careful about wishing terrible on people that we don't agree with. And unfortunately, that's where this world seems to be going. If you don't think like I do, then you're bad. And if you think like I do, then you're good. Sort of black and white. Like you're trying to stay in the right state of mind, but still take the correct action. And you need to take some kind of an action uh, a lot of times. And you want to try to stay in in the right state of mind and not get angry. Because when you get angry, you can't think straight. Mm. And when you're hatred, you can't think straight. Mm. You're right. Yeah, that anger emotion certainly clouds because then you get into that fight or flight phenomena and your heart rate goes up and your blood pressure goes up and your breathing goes up and you are clearly not going to think calmly like we need to. Right. So well, we can eject without ill will. Right. Not cosigning is a form of objection without ill will. I think that's where we we lose. Sometimes I think people are bored in life. And so they latch on to the opportunity to flex some ill will on somebody just Mm. to have something to do. Just to have something to do. You think it's boredom? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been on Facebook? I don't know. People are bored. People. (laughs) Why are people bored? There's so much out there to do do now. Do you have a family group chat on your phone Uh, Or, or two? Or yeah, several? Yeah. People are bored. <laughs> we need something to do. <laughs> Can't stop doing. Stuff happens in so, that family chat all the time, right? Uh, and then there are side chats. Oh, always. Uh-huh. Always. Our our youngest son um, completely ignores all the family chats because That's they me. get... <laughs> That's me and our... Yeah. Are you, Charles? Absolutely. Um, I've built in that expectation. They don't... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it could... Be? I'd like to hear more about that. I just don't understand boredom. I really don't. Because there's so much So boredom to is do. the fifth B. Is that what we're talking about? That's the fifth B. <laughs> the bad B of those things. So, <laughs> all right. Let's go back to the phones. We have Brother Daniel in Pascagoula commenting on... All right. Talk to us, Brother, Brother Daniel. Yes. First of all, and foremost, as my father would say, now he's in heaven, happy Mother's Day month to all the mothers, to the sisters, to the women of our lives. Oh, thank you for that. Our our woman nature, our women, that's right, listen, our women, there will be no life. That's why God put it the way it be. But I heard uh, a brother talk just a little while ago. Buddhism, and I, I can hear some of my other Christian brothers that don't know Jesus. Uh, oh, Lord, they're talking about the... Listen, in the religions of the spirit, whether it be Muslim, Buddhist, uh, the Torah, the, the Bible, we must be as the spirit of God teaches us. If you're a Christian, which I am, I must be like Jesus and not like man's way of understanding God. That's why we have so much confusion and violence going on. That's why our children don't know what to do, because they see us going back to the times of burning witches and the attitudes and violence. Mm. Nothing is supposed to be over the Bible but the Word of God. Yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, for instance, with this gun situation going on, hey, I go hunting. I know people that do. We do things. But listen, 
Do not let things be more important than our children. Do not let these things happen. When Mississippi, we've seen our history, and now our history is blooming like a magnolia. We are coming together as a people, whether you be Irish, German, Greek, Jewish, Polish, African-American, Puerto Rican, Jamaican, Dominican, Honduras. There's so much color. And we must understand that this heart that we need is love thy neighbor is important. Because if we do not see this, then Mother Nature will take care of us and, our, and we will be killing each other. Please. Mm-hmm. I love this show because we talk about understanding one another, finding antidotes that help to improve our hearts. Yeah. I grew up in the Big Apple, and I'm now I'm a country boy, and I learned from both places neighbors are very important. We must love thy neighbor, not try to figure out how we're going to lock up the schools and, and protect the kids. We must teach the children how to love one another. We must love one another. Parents, be there for your children. Even if they're not right, call for help. And for the yeah. teachers, we thank you for doing what you're doing. And I don't want to take up too much time, but listen, Mississippi, be the leader of the country. Be the leader of the world. Brother Tate, I know you have your ways, but I voted for you. Yes, this African-American voted for you because I believe that you can be the right man to do the right thing if you let love guide you and not money and everything else. Love thy neighbor, Mississippi, and we can be the light of the world. Wow. And be the true magnolia that it was supposed to be. Amen. All right, Daniel, Daniel. Save, save some of that. Save some of that sermon for Sunday now. Yeah. I already got it. <laughs> <laughs> Love no. I already got it with me some banana pudding. Uh, you said some some beautiful stuff, Brother Daniel, and and you. Um, I hope people were listening because you said you said a lot of good stuff, and it's in every religion. And we have got to do a better job. So thank you for that benevolence. That's what we're talking about today. All right. Well, let's let's stay on the phones. Let's go to Chico in Oxford. Chico has a, a comment about boredom. Okay. Yeah, I, I, would, I wanted I wanted to uh, make the comment about the concept of boredom. But I heard Brother Daniel say something about banana pudding, and that kind of works into what I'm saying. <laughs> if I'm um, if I, it's like if I'm going to the deli back at Big Star in Oxford for lunch, and if it's a certain time of day, I know to take a newspaper with me to stand while I'm waiting in line mm-hmm. because I can't stand. Well, I mean, really, I'm never, ever bored because I like thinking. But I make it a point to always have something with me to read or whatnot because I cannot stand boredom. I'd rather be in horrible pain, well, to an, to an extent anyway, than be bored. It's, uh, I, just, I mean, and, and with telephones these days, I can always do some work on my phone. Yeah. But boredom, it's just, I can't imagine. What, and, and let me tell you, I'll let y'all go. But one way I will never be bored, there are two walls in my house that are shelves of cassette tapes. Ooh. On one side is Grateful Dead going back to 1966. Oh, live wow. Tape. wow. And on the other side, I've got tapes of Felder going back to the 1990s, back to the Dr. Dirt days. Uh, Ooh. Oh, wow. I made a so doc- you ain't going to catch me bored. 
I made a Dr. Dirt reference this morning, as a matter of fact. Dr. Dirt. I made a Dr. Dirt reference this morning. That's wild you said that. That well, I mean, you got to keep their name alive. Say their name and keep their name alive. That's There you go. Absolutely. That man did the work on this radio, and I'm glad you mentioned his name. That, that, well, right on, y'all. I sure do appreciate it. it thank as, as long as as long as I have the MPB app, I shan't be bored. <laughs> oh, there you go. Thank you for that. Well, you Cut know, and print. That's the promo. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, he said something, and I realized I can't stand to be bored either. Because if I'm standing in line, I typically have a book on my phone. If I don't have a hard copy of a book to read. Um, if I know I'm going to have to wait for a long time in a waiting room, I do the same thing. That that way, um, it it lets the time go by in a positive way. So anyway, um, before we get to our next call, I just wanted to talk about something that I want to throw out there for those of you who want to join in this conversation on this. Uh, about a, a talk that Calvin Coolidge did back in 1924. He was doing it to this Jewish philanthropic societies of New York at the Hotel Pennsylvania. And, and he was talking to them. They had asked him to come help him talk about their budget. And um, they had what they had done is they gathered several groups together who were philanthropic groups and compiled all the money together and set up a board so that there would not be duplication of effort so that people weren't working in silos. I thought it was so wonderful because that's something that we see still going on. People think they're doing good. They're working in the same area, throwing money at the same thing. Somebody else is doing the same thing, throwing money at it in a different way. And so what they did is they compiled it all. And he, he talked about the how wonderful the community chest was. He said nothing is finer than the open hand and the generous heart that prompts free and unselfish giving. But then he says, but modern social science knows also that ill-directed charity is often directly responsible for encouragement of pauperism and mendicacy mediocrity okay um he says the best help that benevolence and philanthropy can give is that which induces everybody to help himself Mm. interesting huh yeah yeah i think he throws something out there that we if we're not helping people lift up then are we really helping them if we just give a person money and i'll just throw an example out that does it right habitat for humanity they build houses they do not give houses to people what they do is they give people houses at a very low cost loan and then what they do is that they have them take classes and financing and caretaking and the other, and people have to help build. So that's a good example. All right. So I would, I would, I would love to ask our audience one question. I would love to hear from somebody. We've got three callers, so it, there's not a whole lot of phone lines open. But I would love to hear somebody that was worried about not having the money to do it, to give, mm. and just did it anyway. Mm. And then it worked out. 
Yeah. That they just trusted that because you're giving, it's just going to take care of yourself. If, if, if you have faith, it's tithing, you know? Yeah. I guess if you don't have faith, you're like, you know, that's, you know, just good works. Yeah. And that's going to, that's going to work itself back into your favor. Yeah. So regardless, I mean, that's, you know. I bet we hear from somebody who says they gave and um, even though it was tough and they felt a reward. And in faith, you hear about that all the time. Mm -hmm. It's one of the cornerstones of Mm -hmm. it is, is, is giving with blind faith and understanding that that's going to, that's going to work back to your favor. And I'd love to hear stories about that. Yeah. And not necessarily people who are faithful, uh, but just period. Okay. one eight seven seven mpb ring Give us a call. All right. We're going to go back to the phones. We have Amy and Clinton with an idea. Hi, Amy. Hi. Good morning. Thanks for um, calling. I be- yeah, thank you for letting me speak. Uh, I belong to a lady service organization here in Clinton called Levante Women's Club. And we have been in existence since the 70s. And my mother was also a member, which there is the way that people can uh, do things and get their children involved is to be an example. And mm-hmm. so uh, she was a, a member of the of a club here in Clinton also. And the main thing that we do is we give our time. It's not always money, but it's mm-hmm. our time. And we... Uh, I uh, have a scholarship for a Clinton High School student that's involved with uh, children, and we do uh, other things in the area. We just finished uh, in March having a Dr. Seuss Day and reading to Head Start children and giving each child a book. And we we do things like that for the community and give back. And that's what other people could do, too. They uh, just look around like you say why should they be bored there's plenty out there to do right you know we need need many more hands to get it get it all done you know amy yeah you're you're bringing up a great point that i think people forget that if they don't have a lot of money sometimes they have incredible talent or sometimes they just have the time that they can give to a child or maybe a shut-in who, who cannot get out or an, an older person who has no one there to be with them. So that time, talent, treasure, it, it doesn't, doesn't have to be money. And, and I do think we forget that. So thank you for that. And, and that, that is a wonderful way to be benevolent. Again, it's kindness. It's not necessarily throwing money at something, but it's the kindness of it. All right. We're going to stay on the phones. Robert's been waiting a while in Hattiesburg. Robert, hi. You have a comment on mental health today? All right. So, uh, like I explained uh, earlier, I'm not a religious person. However, I do believe there is one, uh, there are many one particular line in the Christian Bible that is full of universal truth, and that is, judge not, lest ye be judged. Mm. And 
I understand. I feel like most people underinterpret that phrase to mean basically, well, don't look down on someone in a less fortunate situation than yourself because you never know. You might find yourself in a less fortunate situation. You wouldn't want people looking down on you. And while that is absolutely true, it's not the whole story of that statement because in order to make a judgment, you have to have a relative point of comparison. Well, everyone's standard relative point of comparison is themselves. So every time a person says something is good or bad, what they're really saying is it's better or worse than me or my situation. Some, mm. Someone's life is good or bad. Well, if it's good, then it's at least as good as or if not better than yours. If a person is bad, they're obviously worse than you. While these things may seem small, uh, one of my favorite analogies in Buddhism is the, the water pail gets full, though it may gather the drops little by little. Just like your self-esteem is increased or decreased, though it may gather the injuries little by little, the tiny injuries that you do to yourself every day by judging everything that you see as good or bad, better or worse than yourself. So, while yes, of course, you shouldn't judge other people, making every single judgment really is a reflection upon yourself and your own situation. Mm -hmm. And I feel a person can do injury to a person, but a, a person's own misdirected mind can do a far greater injury. Yeah. Wow. Robert, Lots of good, if you close your eyes and have a visual of the the drops in the bucket that can can fill it up, either in a good or a bad way, is, is a good visual for us to remember that you may think it's just a tiny act of kindness um, or a, a tiny negative, but they can build on each other, can't they? Right. And, and as I see, I don't... <clears throat> I don't feel like it's good for mine or anybody's mental health to uh, spend much time on social media. But what I more specifically mean is you think of someone scrolling through the pages of their friends, families, or people that admires social media, and you say, oh, well, that's good. Look how good their life is. Look how good their life is. You can't help but say, you can't help but turn that thought inward and say, well, theirs is good. It's good because... Mine's not as good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those tiny little micro judgments are the drops that fill up your bucket of sorrow or your bucket of joy every single day. Mm. Love it. Great message. Thank you for bringing that up, Robert. I think we can all. No problem. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can all um, grow with that one and and put that away as something to remember. We're going to stay on the phones. Rachel in Eupora has been patiently waiting. Hi, Rachel. Hey, uh, I've been thinking that benevolence needs to include uh, not just money or things, but intentional acts of kindness to people who are uh, specifically different from us. Um, when I was a librarian in another town, 
a black person one day said to me, I don't trust white people. And in a few more weeks, somebody mentioned to me, uh, said, uh, I don't trust black people. Mm. And my question to people who don't trust people who are different from them is, how many people do you know of those other races? How many people do you know of other uh political persuasions, and you may have to talk about something other than politics, talk about family, or talk about, for goodness sake, talk about the weather, if nothing else. But have a smile on your face for people who are different from you. I see it every day in Eupora. People are kind. They hold the door for one another, old for young, and young for old, and black for white, and white for black. It's so important to have intentional um, actions to one another to keep that uh, benevolence going. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely right. Those drops in the bucket, one after That's another, right. yeah. will will be yeah. a positive, um, full of pure, clean water, right? Um, so right. that's a... You know, I just want to mention whenever I hear anybody um, grouping everyone as if they are one and all the same, uh, it it just drives me crazy. The uh, I think everybody knows that race is a social construct. There is no such thing as a black race or a white race. Um, that it's just what people have divide, de- decided to divide, and you know, you do not, you do not know someone's ethnicity by looking at them. As I think, um, so many of those DNA um, uh, things where you can send off for a hundred dollars and find out all of your heritage. Um, <laughs> we all know now that we're not always what we think we are, right? And so, um, yeah, to to quit grouping people into groups and and valuing people as individuals is what we've got to do. We've got to do a better job. So thank you for that, Rachel. I appreciate it. Great call. It. Thank you. Yeah, great call. All right. Thank I could you. tell, Jay, that was hitting you, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to this next call, too. Yeah. We have Cat Mobile, um, Cyber Courage. Ta- talk about that. Okay. Good morning, y'all. Hi, Good morning. So, um, I, I heard you all speaking earlier about people being bored on Facebook and just using social media to say really nasty things. And it makes me think about just cyber courage, the things that you wouldn't say to me in my face. Mm. You have the power and the strength to bang upon the keyboard and, you know, get that stuff out, but you wouldn't do that in person. And so it's, it's kind of cowardly, but you have the cyber courage because you don't have to deal with the repercussions face-to-face in that moment. You can get it out. You can have basically word vomit and then sit back and then other people will either cheer you on or, you know, they'll go against you. But it'll all be there. But the support will probably feel much better than any negative comment. Because if I spew out hate and then other people like it or love it or share it, then that validates my feelings. And now I can really go on a rampage. And so um, cyber courage is just, 
it's it's just a I guess just a passive aggressive way for people to express themselves these days. And then I was just thinking about the point of um, just respectfully disagreeing. As y'all were saying earlier, it's almost like a, a foreign concept to say that I like red and you like blue and neither one of us is wrong. We just have our preference that I like red and you like blue and I don't have to hate you because you like what you like. Um, and I, it's just unfortunate that children are growing up and seeing that type of culture as well and thinking that you have to choose a side or you can't be my friend. And that's not, that's, that's just a poor way to live um, in a free country. And so, um, and one more thing that y'all had talked about, it made me think about a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, and it says that great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And that's just all I have. Wow. Yeah, I love that one um, by Eleanor Roosevelt. It's a good it's a good one for us to all remember. And maybe we'll be better people and better models for our children and our grandchildren because you brought something up that that I think we need to think about. Our kids are growing up in this society where there's a lot of intolerance. But I think that if we as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters would be good models and not be tolerant of intolerance, that we we would all have a better world. We've got to have models. Jay, I know you have kids, and I know that – do you worry about some of the models that your your children are seeing in, in adults that they're supposed to, quote, respect? Constantly. Yeah. It's a constant worry. It and is. I have four teenagers, so that's – that wasn't good planning. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see things all the time about how, you know, kids, like, they've got apps that look like calculators and it's other things where they're talking to people they shouldn't be talking to or mm-hmm. something like that. They have highlighters that are vapes. Ah, it's a whole thing. It's a rabbit hole. It is. Yeah. And now it's, I'm depressed. Thanks. It's tough. No. <laughs> I, I, I like, um, Kat, that term, though, cyber courage, because, um, you know, clearly it's a misnomer because it means they're cyber cowards, mm-hmm. uh, people who get online but would never be able to stand up to someone and look them in the eye and, and say the things that they say, the the unkindness or the 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 meanness that comes out with it. I so. think a lot of people skip it all together and they and they they stay over the top of it because there's a fine line I think that we've discussed a little bit or identified. There's a fine line between um standing up for what's right and then you've got like, you know, you got you're projecting on people sometimes mm-hmm. and then that can look you know, um, condescending. Yeah, perhaps, you're gaslighting or, people, and yeah. then you're being, you know, passive aggressive. And, and there's, there's, it's, it's very easy to fall in those traps. I'm not saying mm-hmm. those are, you know, uh, those are things to not be worried about. Those, they certainly are. They're traps. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kat, you always have great comments. Thanks for calling. We appreciate you. We still have some time for calls. 
Dr. Susan Buttress here with Jay White, and we're talking about benevolence. We've had a lot of great calls and thoughts about what it is and how good it can make you feel and how bad it is if we don't have benevolence, that kindness, that giving, that thoughtfulness and accepting of others. All right, we're going to go back to the phones. We have Crystal in Hattiesburg who has a comment on on her children, what they're doing. Hi, Crystal. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I just wanted to share uh, a practice. Uh, Many years ago in raising my children, uh, at Thanksgiving we would go through the toy box and donate all of the things that, they had played with and were no longer important and we knew that Christmas was coming so we would share with the Goodwill or Salvation Army or the mission and we made a habit every year and that carried over into my children's lives and my grandchildren's lives and it created a a lifetime of, of sharing and giving and you can nurture that and form that habit and share that with with everyone. Yeah. What a great what a great thing to do to teach giving at a young age. And and I think along the same lines, Crystal, um, you you were you were teaching that that caring for others. Um, and I, they're they may sound like they are the same but they are not. Um, to make people to to consciously separate out your your caring for someone, making sure that they have presence under the tree like like they do, um, as and and then giving. Um, so, did have tell me what your children as adults have continued to do? Are they doing exactly the same thing that you did? Well, that and they have also volunteered, like at Soup Kitchens, they have taught their children that. Their children volunteer, and they also do community service work. It's carried over into many different places in their lives. Um, they do clothing drives, coat drives, you know, mm-hmm. uh, food drives. It, it, it creates a sense of community and the ability to see the need around you, mm-hmm. um, None of us are particularly, you know, better off than anybody else. But you see that sense of community and the ability to help others and share and give of yourself. Yeah. Even if it's not money. Right. You you give what you can. Yeah. I think, I think, I hope everybody's hearing that we are not talking about. Um, money and giving. What I am talking about is caring and sharing, and it can be the 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 talents that you have. It can be the time that you have. It can be just like reading a book to someone or serving in a soup kitchen for someone. So those kinds of things are are so very important and all part of benevolence, I believe. And that's all part of being a human being who is good. And I know that, you know, we just, we have to, I have an example for my children went 
to a school that had um, children with learning differences and other special needs included in their class. And the kids learned how to help the other children carry their books, um, help them with an assignment or whatever. And and I have seen that as carry, carrying through into their adult life, that they don't look as look to person, people who are different than they are as people with disabilities. They look at them as people who, who may need, who, who are different, perhaps, but who may need a little help or a little leg up. But but they include them in their lives, and I think that that and accept them. And I think that if we would all make sure that Crystal parents do what you did um, for your children, we would have um, it has this ripple effect, and we would have a model for for everyone. So, thank you so much for that. What a great last call. Yeah. I really appreciate you, and I appreciate all of our callers. You know, we just need to care about each other, um, and it will fill your your body, your heart, and your mind. It will make you feel like a whole different person and enrich your life. So go out there and be benevolent, if you will. So... Um, If you'd like to hear this show again or any other past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app by searching Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio and supported in part by funding from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. It was engineered by Abram Nanny, my producer, Jay White, and call screener, Oh, my goodness, Jermaine Flood. (laughs) I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.